Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you? Oh, phenomenal. What a week. Trade deadline went unbelievably well. Decent amount of moves this year. I was concerned we weren't going to see much, but there was, there was some action. It was a good day. So Yeah, yeah. It was uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. Fairly Fairly, like, we kind of knew what to expect. Yeah, like, you, you know, like every year the trade deadline always seems like kind of a letdown. And especially, like, this year there was a lot of trades before the deadline. So I was, like, worried, like, on the day, like, there wasn't going to be much. Um, then we got, you know, a decent amount of action, uh, including probably the thing that got most traction was the trade that didn't really happen, which we will talk about later, obviously. Um, and we had done our pre-deadline uh, kind of episode talking about, you know, the Panthers and Claude Giroux and what we thought they would do before that episode, they had already made uh, a couple moves. Uh, the big one was getting Ben Trout from the Montreal Canadiens for a first rounder, fourth rounder and Ty Smolanich. Uh After seeing uh, how all the other de- deals shaped out with some of the other defensemen getting moved, are you, more or less satisfied with the Ben Chirot move. I'm satisfied. I was satisfied at the start. Like, yeah, Ekblad going down is not ideal, but like hope is that we can kind of take advantage of this cap loophole until they change it. Cause I assume because I think I read that was Pierre Lebrun or Elliot Friedman saying that that's going to be a huge topic of discussion at the upcoming NHL GMs meeting. As um, I think it should be like, it's, yeah, it's, Very it's not it's that. not fair exactly. Well, like, yeah, no, it's not fair, but it's like it exists. Uh, I think that's what that's what Vegas was hoping to do. And well, and we'll talk about you know well, Vegas well, we, is up to later. But yeah, um, with, with that guy going out, like getting a guy like Ben Trot, I think becomes that much more important. It, it really does. It solidifies your he's a lefty yeah solidifies your left side while your right side loses a huge piece but like you're still able to compete and then you go out you get robert Hegg for next to nothing actually well for nothing combined combined with the don't with the domi exchange they was nothing yeah um like i i'm very very happy with with what the the Panthers did and just yeah that I think that Sherrod deal just is that much more important now and I think honestly I think it was great value yeah like the thing to me is like as much as I'm hard on Ben Sherrod I understand the appeal of Ben Sherrod especially for the playoffs right and I also like would believe that yeah like 
most like most players, like he would perform better in Florida than he would in Montreal. Right. And I think we're going to see that. And we've always already seen a little bit of a glimpse. The other thing too, is watching him. Cause like you watch Ben Sherratt on the ice and what he does. And most of the focus is just him kind of cross checking guys in front of the net. Right. It's kind of what he's known for. Yeah. Watching with videos though of him, like uh, practicing before he got with the team, like he is like, especially for his size, like a pretty good skater. Right. He is. And I saw some people talking about that. Like, yeah, he's a good skater. Right. And it's one of those things where like the input's really good, but the output are like, hasn't always been there where it's like, he's a good skater, but does he use that effectively? But having that skill set, I think Florida might be able to get more out of Ben Sherratt uh, than what we've seen in other places in his career. So as much as it's a lot, I think the market for a lot of players was a lot. And so at the end of the day, you, like the Panthers, they said he was the number one guy on their board for the defense, right? So they did the thing. They went out. They paid the price they needed to to get him. Um, and I also think he's a great fit in that room just from what I've seen so far from interviews and people talking about uh, him and, and the person that he is. So I like the fit there because I think that's hugely important to good teams. And Bill Zito has in the past stressed that that is something that they really value in bringing guys in. So like, as much as it's, it's, a, it's a big price to pay, I think, to get a guy like Ben Sherratt, it, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, for, yeah. for this team yeah i honestly like the, the it was essentially to me it was essentially just bench shot for a first round pick yeah like the fourth rounder has a very very low probability the, of the, fourth, ra- the fourth rounder at the end of the day is to retain the cap yeah and then let's face it ty smoanich may it, it, like, may may be a bottom six forward in the nhl one day yeah, maybe, but we don't know. So it's it's not really too much. And it's a late first you're giving up too, mm-hmm. right? Which is the other thing to remember. So it, when you look at it like that, I agree. It isn't as much as you would think. Um, and then the other trade, though, the big one, the Claude Giroux trade. Um, a lot of speculation it was going to happen. It finally does. Claude Giroux, um, I think it was pretty clear he'd made it known that he wanted to go to Florida and only Florida, which kind of took Colorado out of the mix, probably drove down the price a bit. Are you happy with the acquisition cost for Claude Giroux? Yes. Like if, if it means winning a cup, 1000%. I, I, I've said this, I don't know how many times on this podcast that if you look at all the, the Stanley Cup champions, they all had lethal power plays. You yeah. look at Tampa Bay, that's that was Tampa. Like their power play was so clutch. And I think it's like, yeah, you need the physical presence on D, you need to be big, you need to be like durable, but like having an elite power play can make a world of differences. And I think that just looking at that. Like Giroux is gonna bring so much to that unit. You're you're probably you're yeah, one hundred percent worth. Well, yeah, and the thing to me is like Claude Giroux in itself is like I don't think we've ever seen like a, a deadline rental of a Claude Giroux caliber, like really ever, or at least in our you know yeah. recent history. And so to have a guy like that available, right? And then for him to want to come to Florida, I think speaks volumes about uh the team and the management and just everything they've built down there. 
um, that he that's the destination that he wanted to go. But the other thing is just there's so much Claude Giroux brings to the table. Like it's not just the offense that he has. He's the best faceoff guy in the league, and he's a right shot guy taking faceoffs. So you put him on a line with Barkov, and you can have them both taking draws on their strong side, and both being pretty effective on those draws. He can kill penalties. He can help you on the power play. He's a veteran guy, brings leadership. He's been to a cup final. Like anything you could want from a deadline acquisition, Claude Giroux brings it for you. And there are a lot of teams that had a lot of issues they wanted to address at the deadline. They brought in, and Bill Zito said, he said other teams brought in two or three players to address their issues. We think we got it done with one guy. And I would tend to agree with that. And you put them there and you have the depth that you have and the physicality you have lower in your lineup, I think it's the best forward group in the league. And the cost to acquire him really wasn't much. It wasn't. Like, we knew Tippett was on the way out, but we kind of knew that just because of his his salary, his, you know, his contract situation. Well, yeah. And, like, and like I hope Owen Tippett finds success in Philadelphia. I know he got a point in his first game. Like, I feel a little bit bad because, like, Flyers fans, before the trade even went through, and it was like pretty much like Owen Tippett's going there. Yeah. Um, They were already like, we hate Owen Tippett. And I was like, well, give the guy a chance. Like, will he be Claude Giroux? Probably not. But like, he's still a good player. He's got the red hair. He's got the red hair. So that's already a huge plus. Um, And then obviously the picks are the picks. You expect the picks are going to like whatever. Right. As Bill Zito's made it abundantly clear. Fuck them picks. Right, yeah. what draft picks? And you know what? Like, fair enough. When you're drafting like Devin Levi in like the seventh round, like, yeah, fuck the early picks. Why not? Right, go for Devin it. Levi. By the way, who had a great performance for Northeastern yesterday? Yeah, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable goalie. Yeah, I did. You see the overtime goal? Yeah, that that was a bit like as tough to watch, um, but like, yeah, you looked unbelievable. So. If you can get guys like that, that late in the draft, and you have Huberto, you have Barkov, yeah, Ekblad, Uyghur, you have them all locked up, you find it in goaltending. Like, what do you really need a first-round pick for other than to create leverage and trades? Yeah, like, to me, and it's like, that, like, that is the value of drafting well late, is that, like, Devin Levi was a big part of that Sam Reinhardt deal. And only because you've drafted a really good player with a late pick that you're able to get Sam Reinhart for not that much. And I love that Bill Z- like, there are a lot of teams that like when they get to the stage of being a contender, sometimes they get a little bit gun shy about going all in. Yeah. And uh, and I think I think that's yeah, we'll we'll get to it later, but I, I think you can definitely say that about a couple GMs in the league right now. Yeah, I, I like I, I agree. And then also like the two other players you get like Connor Bonneman is like a fringe guy, sure. German Rubsov is really interesting to me because I think I like I remember watching him at the World Juniors and a little bit uh overseas and in junior. Like I think like he's an interesting player to me. Like he, his development has been brutal. It's not gone well. But mm-hmm. I still genuinely think like if you can work on some stuff, like he's got a high motor, he's a competitive guy, a good two-way guy. Like I still think there might be a decent prospect there for a guy who was a former first round pick. Yeah. Oh, I I wouldn't count him out as being like an insignificant part of this deal. Yeah. Uh, Then you also mentioned the Robert Haig acquisition defense depth. Gotta have it. 
Why not? Why why wouldn't you? It's such like he probably uh, I'd put money on the fact that Bill Zito probably made that trade blindfolded. Yeah, it's like, oh, six rounder, what six rounder? Like fuck them picks, right? I, I, for Robert Hay. Why not? Like that's that's such a solid piece. And you know who Robert Hag said his best friend in the league was? Radko Gudis from their time in <laughs> Philadelphia. Like, let's go get the boys back together. Bobrovsky's there. Gudis is there. Giroux's there. All the flyers. Yeah. Like, and Speaking of which, Philly is a... Ah, shit show. They're in a dumpster fire. I, there is no roster construction there. No. It, it, they are one of those... Just a directionless team. Like, yeah, let's give him a first-round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen, and then let's sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what it seemed like to me. I don't see the logic in it. Yeah, like, I, like, I don't understand what Philly's doing. No. I, I think they tried to go, like, really make themselves better in the offseason, and they wildly miscalculated. Yeah. Because they gave up yeah. a decent amount of assets to get worse. Exactly. And it doesn't help, obviously, that Ryan Ellis has been out. But But hear me out. Ryan Ellis has had quite a few injuries historically. The likelihood of him getting an injury was like there. (laughs) Like, so (laughs) you acquired him knowing that, like, this is a guy who gets hurt. Then the Adkinson Adkinson for Voracek was interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like Cam Atkinson. Good guy. Seems like a good guy, good player. Does that make you better? Yeah. Well, yeah, Jake Voracek also like kind of lazy out there a little bit sometimes. So I guess like more compete, but like what like what are you doing? Plus, plus Voracek noted noted uh, kneeing recipient. Yeah, exactly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We like we don't like we don't have all the angles, obviously. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, yeah, Philadelphia to me just had, like, a weird offseason. And, like, I mentioned earlier, like, I was talking to, like, my cousins who were from Philadelphia, and they are like, no, nah, like, we're, we're optimistic about this year. Like, we like what they did. We think they're going to be good. And I was like, why? <laughs> How? <laughs> they even got, like, a bounce-back season from Carter Hart. They still suck. Like, Martin Jones in this economy? I don't know. You can't, like, I... <laughs> It could be a whole episode based on that, but we just don't have the time. Um, the last deal uh, the Panthers made, acting as the middleman in the Max Domi trade um, that sends him to the Carolina Hurricanes, a contending team. The Panthers, in return, get Igor Koroshkov, noted second-round pick who went before Alex Dabrinkit, I believe, and a six-round pick, which like when you factor it in with like the Robert Haig acquisition, is just like free. So it makes Robert Hick basically free. Um, exactly. I, I did see some people that were like upset that the Panthers added were acted as kind of the middleman in this trade, retaining salary on Domi so that the Hurricanes could get him. And it's like, why are you helping out uh, a contending team? You know, if Carolina goes on and beats us in the playoffs and Max Domi's on that team, like that's a huge mistake from Bill Zito and the Panthers. Do you agree with that sentiment? I'm not going to agree fully. I get where they're coming from because you want to know what game seven overtime Florida versus Carolina in it's either going to be divisional final or conference final. Um, Max Domi scores the overtime winner. Yeah. It's going to sting, 
But you've got to tell yourself that Carolina was going to get Max Domi no matter what. They yeah. were going to find a third team no matter what. And if knowing that, might as well get something. Like, yeah. might as well, like, get rewarded in the process. Yeah. Well, and, like, here's the thing for me. It's it's really interesting with the, the cap space with uh, Aaron Eckblad going on IR, right? Because we've seen, like, Vegas and, like, Tampa Bay, when they have good players go on IR, they say, oh, we got all this cap space, now we can go out and add guys, right? But the issue is that Florida had already gone out and added their guys, right? Yeah. And, a- accounting for Aaron Eckblad's salary cap, and then they don't really have the assets to go out and add more, right? And if they did, like, why would you spend them, right? Like, I think a huge part of the Claude Giroux trade is that they didn't have to give up Mackie Samuskevich. Right, who yeah. to me is their best forward prospect? Because I love Mackie Samuskevich. Yeah, the the rumors I was seeing was either Mackie or I have trouble pronouncing his pronouncing his last last name. Just like Smolaniak or no Smolanich. Smolanich. Yeah. Okay. We've established that I'm not good with last names with S. Um, the other guy was um, Denisenko. Yeah. And I that would have stung yeah. if either of those guys would have been traded. That would that would have stung. That would have been that would have made me wince. Yeah. But the fact that you're able to, able to make a deal without giving up those two assets, pretty it's, huge. It's big. So you've already made like like they wanted. They really wanted Quadru. They really wanted Ben Trot. They went out. They got them, and then they just had this extra salary cap sitting there because of the unfortunate injury to Aaron Eckblad, and instead of you know, doing what Tampa and, and Vegas did and adding another guy and having to give up more assets when you're already feeling pretty good about your depth, use it as the, the middleman, which I like that approach. But they also weren't the only team that was in a position to be able to do that. Lots of teams were. And if the Panthers weren't going to be the middleman on that, someone would have been. So why not get a little something, something for a deal that's probably going to happen either way with or without you? Yeah. Right. Like, why not? Why not act as a middle man? Good for management for stepping up, taking our like the ownership saying, yeah, we'll pay that. That's going to help us, right? Recoup a couple assets here. Igor Korshkov, I don't think as much of a prospect at this point, but he is big. So like, that's something. It's something indeed. So like, I don't, I don't mind it. I, like, I think it's inevitably going to happen that trade. So why not be the middleman? Yeah, exactly. And I've, it, we, we've always said this, you can't teach size. You absolutely can't that people have tried. doesn't work. Um, it just, it just doesn't. Um, we've seen now Robert Haig, Ben Chirot, Claude Giroux in their first game with the Florida Panthers, all three collecting points in that first game, Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot did so like immediately. What are your first impressions from the newest Panthers and how they fit in? Well, I think first of all, um, Sherratt on the first pair looked decent. He was the third most used p- Panther against the Habs. Um, I, I liked it. I thought Drew looked good. He had a lot of power play time. There's a bunch of power plays in that game. Um, I, I thought, I thought they, they all looked pretty good. Like pretty much what you would expect. Yeah. Like I think they all look good, especially Ben Sherratt really surprised me with how effective he was. Right. And I know there was some charts that came out after the game, you know, showing just how effective he was for the Panthers. You also have to remember, like, these guys haven't been there very long. Like, they should only get more comfortable and better over time. Like, if this is them in their first game, like, 
give them a couple weeks to get up and running and, you know, build some more chemistry with their line mates. You already see it a little bit with Barkov and Drew. You've seen a lot of clips at them at practice too, having a good time, uh, the friendship building there. So I think it's a really good start. I think it can only get better. And overall, like, good win for the Panthers. I know Montreal, they were mathematically eliminated today. Unfortunate. Yesterday, but, actually, yeah. Yesterday. But they've been playing much better as of late um, under Martin St. Louis. I think it's an all right team. They got a, a game tonight. We're recording this on Saturday against Ottawa. And then Sunday, they're taking on the Leafs. Both teams on a back-to-back. I'm going to be in the building for that one, so I'm stoked about it um, because I haven't seen the Panthers live in years. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. should be uh, a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see, you know, more of the, the new guys getting uh, accustomed to Florida Panthers hockey. But now, before we get into the second half of our episode, we have a quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. <clears throat> Hold on, let me pull it up. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday and everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. DraftKings is giving all new customer a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 8778 H O P N Y or text H O P N Y. Okay. Talked with the Panthers at deadline. Obviously, lots of teams making moves. Winners and losers from the trade deadline. Who you got as uh, a winner from the trade deadline this year? For sure. So, like, like, like obviously, it goes without saying Panthers, massive yeah. club. All right. Massive and, club. And, and we've talked about that. Some of the other teams around the league who who are, who are the winners for you uh i think in terms of you you look at the sellers uh you look at and you, you try and find winners through those i think you're looking at montreal and anaheim uh really liked what montreal did like they got a ton of value for guys who probably shouldn't have gotten that much value in in a regular market year um and Anaheim, like just through the Raquel and the Lindholm deals, I thought I got really, really nice returns for those. Um, and uh, yeah, you don't have to sign uh, Hampus Lindholm to an eight by six and a half, which is kind of nice. Yeah, like I um, think if, if that's what Hampus Lindholm was asking in Anaheim, I think trading him and getting the return you did is the correct call. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I thought they got a really good return for, um, like, really good return for, uh, 
Josh Manson. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. like, so, so Anaheim definitely like up there, like for sure. Uh, and then you kind of look at buyers. I think Colorado on the other end of that Manson deal did a really good job. Uh, you know, they got their depth forward in Lekkanen. They got Manson, who's a top four D and can play really, really good shutdown hockey. Um, so, so yeah, I, I thought they did good. Uh, and then um, another winner. I uh, like anecdotally, I thought Winnipeg did really good on that, that cop deal. Um, I thought they got a lot of a lot of value for him. Uh, and then I, I like what Minnesota did a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Minnesota, right, like bringing in Marc Andre Fleury, you know, he's good friends with Billy G over there in Minnesota. Um, I've been on the record numerous times being a staunch non believer in Capo Kakinen as a legitimate NHL starting goalie. Um, in the future. So I don't mind getting rid of him. I think Fleury, it's, it's an interesting scenario for Marc-Andre Fleury because we've seen him in that kind of like Cam Talbot's still a good goalie. Like as soon as they acquired Fleury, Cam Talbot tossed up a shutout. Right. Yeah. It's like, and I was already like on Photoshop trying to put a wild Jersey on that Fleury oil painting, but I like that they go and get Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, Whether, you know, how they deploy their goalies. I don't know how that's going to work. But I think he's a great guy to have in the room. He's won three Stanley Cups, and you're able to bring him up. And the cost to acquire him wasn't that much. And you also brought in Jacob Middleton, who I think has had a really kind of under-the-radar year for uh, San Jose. So I like bringing him in uh, to help out their back end a little bit because they got a really solid top four, but the last pairing, um, just adding him in for some depth is nice. And then Nick Delorier scoring in his first game as well. Um, just a pain in the ass to play against. So he's huge. And the, the, the surprising part is when you get a guy that big and who can fight, you don't expect him to have like hands or anything. And he's, and he does, you look at him, he kind of does like, it's a good shot. He's had a good shot. It's impressive. So Um, I I like that ad for them. Um, And I agree with what you're saying about Anaheim too. I really like, the prospects Anaheim got because the picks, you don't know what they're going to be. Right. But like, I really like them getting like Drew Hellison, uh, Callie Klang is a, is a nice goaltending prospect for them. Uro Vakanainen is big, uh, which again, you can't teach. So I like some of the guys they added in that regard. Um, and also like Zach Ashton Reese and Dominic Samoan are like really nice depth pieces. Right. Like they're NHLers. I they, I I they're like fairly good NHLers like yeah. realistically like, if that's two thirds of your third line like that's probably pretty good for a lot of contending teams so if you're Anaheim you're getting in the you're you're going in the right direction so I love what they did I agree the return on Andrew Kopp was phenomenal for the Winnipeg Jets New York Rangers really weird they're out here like buying like their contenders when they're really more like downright average with an elite goalie. They're going to be a first-round exit for sure. I don't see how they can make it past the first round. The only way is Igor Shostyrkin. And I was listening to the NHL radio um, Tuesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday morning. And these guys were like, yeah, I could easily see them going to the conference final. I don't don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't see that. Also, when we're talking about doing well on returns, how about the return Chicago got for Brandon Hagel? Yeah, 
what the fuck? We I and mean, love it like, is Tampa, but like that's a yeah, lot. That's it's, a it's lot, a lot. Huge, huge amount. Never and like I get it. I guess, he's got, I guess he's got term, which is nice. Like but, the the only thing I will say about this that goes against Chicago is I don't know if you heard the Jonathan Taze um, statements. Where he was like, that's not a guy you trade, is what he said, right? Like, if you're trying to rebuild, that's not a guy you trade. And basically, what what Kyle Davidson did by trading uh, Hagel was that you create... It's more than a seed. It's like a full-blown tree of uncertainty in that locker room. Good. I think they need it. Like, like if I'm Patrick Kane, if I'm Jonathan Taze, I'm looking at this and I'm going like... I, I don't want to fucking be here anymore. Like I, I like give me one last shot to win because it's not coming in Chicago. Yeah, but you've also won three cuffs. Like relax, you've you've got a lot. No, I I agree, but like it can't be that fun. Also, though, I do like like much of the first round picks are very much futures, and that's you know that's for their future building. I like Taylor Radish. Like I know they got Kachuk as well. Kachuk's like whatever. I think Radish is fine, and you have to remember. Who did Taylor Radish play with in junior? Oh, was it Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrincat? Hello. There you have it. There you have it. Reunite them. Always works out. Um, so I like that. I like that return for Chicago. And I do think, you know what? Like they probably should go re- like full rebuild and get rid of Kane and Taves. So if that's the message they, they got from that, like I think, good. I, I, I 1000% agree. I think that at this point, if you're – if you've committed to trading Hagel, you're probably committing to a full rebuild and you will get rid of, not get rid of, but like you will consider or feel out the market for Taze and Kane. Yeah. Why not? And it is tough with their contracts. Like yeah. it, it is tough to do. Um, what about some losers? Yeah. Well, where should we start? Um, we can, we can talk about teams without a plan. Okay, I want to go. Um, I'll, I'll start us off here. Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I like. I know you think they paid a lot for Brett Kulak. I like Brett Kulak, and I like bringing in Derek Brassard. I think those moves in a vacuum are good moves to make at good price points. Those are good guys to add to a contending team. The Oilers do not have a contending roster, so it doesn't really move the needle enough in my mind. And also, and this is true. I looked it up on NHL.com after the trades. Nine of those guys are goalies, and Edmonton <laughs> needs a goalie badly. Yeah, and there's another team that really needed a goalie and signed one. Looked like they had some depth, but then oh baby, the Arizona Coyotes swooped in, fierce heroes that they are, to rob Kyle Dubas of that, and then he decided to just stay put. Yeah, like like the Leafs, like they made some moves, like they bring in Giordano. It's like a good veteran move, right? Hard to knock that, especially at the value, right? Like they did a couple little things, but like their goaltending has been the main thing sinking them lately. And they tried to bring in a goalie, but you put you know it's got to go through waivers. And I do agree, it's dumb that you have to put a player like that on waivers. And but I also love the attitude of the rest of the league. Like there was five waiver claims allegedly for Harry Sateri. Like I, I like the fact that a, such a fuck you to the Leafs. I love it. The fact that Arizona 
was the one to get him to me says there was a there's a lineup of teams willing because Arizona was what second on the waiver priority. Yeah. That, that just tells me like if, if, if he goes that early in the waiver process and to get the chance to fuck over the Leafs, uh, it's priceless, priceless. You and then we, we just talked about Chicago kind of winning that deal um, for Hagel. And they also definitely won the, well, won. They like uh, a good value. They got good value for Flurry. Like, yeah, I mean, they acquired him for nothing. Exactly. So at the end of the day, like, it's a great like exchange. Um, Toronto reportedly in the mix for Flurry, and that kind of oh, the little beef cre- between the two Kyles created some sparks. You love to see it. The two youngest GMs in the league just going at it. Um, and like, okay. Like, I'll give my opinion on the entire thing is like, okay, Kyle Davidson fucked up. Like, he obviously leaked it or whatever. We don't know this. And we don't know this. Like, there are a lot of parties involved in a trade other than the two GMs. Yeah. Like, there are the players. There are the agents. There are a lot of... Like, the agents. Because we know all all agents are really good at, like, keeping their mouth shut. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, we know how that goes. Like, it, it... um. But so, like we don't know for sure where the leak came from. Exactly. But where I disagree is Kyle Dubas calling out Kyle Davidson in the press. I would probably have done that privately. Exactly. I think that is complete unprofessional behavior from Dubas. I think that you only resort to calling somebody out in the media like that in the most dire of situations, which is why I disagreed with um when the Oilers called out uh, Koskinen, I think it was in New York. Yeah, he's like very much been like the better of their goalies. I I like I just my my personal philosophy. I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with doing that. It didn't seem like time and place. Just like it, Kyle Dubas was obviously showing frustration about having a very very bad deadline. In my opinion, you had one job is get a goalie. How did that go? Yeah, well, we we know how it went thanks to Kyle yeah, Davidson. Exactly, and the 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 other thing that that tells us is Dubis knew they had no chance this year. Yeah, they like they needed a goalie. They, they needed a goalie, and then when it didn't look like they were going to get a goalie, like and as much as like, like I, I I think I think it's it's smart if for Kyle Dubis that even if you're going to go like even with Flurry realistically i don't think they would have won no but i I think they make it to conference final the most with flurry but like to me like as much as it's like all right because i think it was like matt matthew knees who's a good prospect like mentioned in that deal right and like it hurts for all the players mentioned in a deal right when it's like oh like we wanted to ship you off somewhere but also your leafs goaltending right now is peter mrazek who you just put on waivers no 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 faith there and Jack Campbell, and it, it, you just tried to do it and get for you. So you clearly don't believe in your two goalies, and everyone knows that. And like that's and that that's why Dubis probably got so upset. Oh, for sure. But I don't think saying it like saying it in the press, I don't think does anyone any good there. I just I think it's unprofessional. Yeah, like so. I yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I'm gonna toss out another loser here real quick. Oh, there, I I have a couple more. I think. All right, I have three more. Uh, Nashville 
a second for Jeremy Lozon in this economy. Why? Yeah. Um, I love that Seattle is just like yeeting all their players away after taking them. Phenomenal stuff for the content. I would have like, if I'm national and I want a good defenseman, like I think I'm reading an article here, like Troy Stetcher at the same price would have been fine. Um, and then as much as we, we just kind of talked about it too with the Max Domi thing, but I, I didn't like the deadline Carolina had. No. I like, I don't think Max Domi's that good. He's like, not it, like he helps him, makes him a little better for sure. But like, I, that's not a needle mover. And I don't, in Carolina, like you, you talk about how deep the East is and what the other teams did in that division. Like Boston went out and made some big moves. The Panthers went out and made big moves. The Leafs went out and tried to make, make big moves and also got Giordano. Tampa drops like a ton of, of picks on, you know, Brandon Hagel and, and they get Nick Paul. So you look at what the other teams are doing in that contending sphere and Carolina did less than like the Rangers. So to me, that that's gotta be a, a, a loss for them. Uh, there is the big one we haven't talked about. Yep. The Vegas golden Knights. Oh boy. It's a fun one. So according to reports, it was Ottawa's fault. Is that what that that's what I got from it. Well, like it's it's either Ottawa or Vegas' fault, right? Yeah. So I will say like, this: you you shot yourself in the foot so bad. It's really then bad. again, then again, Dadnov did get a standing ovation and scored a goal. What was it last night or a couple nights ago? I, I think like Evgeny Dadnov, like I think handled this entire situation very well and very professionally, right? Like he said after the game, like obviously he scored the goal, we got the ovation, right? And he said after the game, he's like. Look, it's a business. I know it's a business. It's no hard feelings, right? Like, I'm still here. I wanted to still be here. So it's it's all, you know, water under the bridge. I'm just going to go about my business, which is good news for Vegas because they kind of need them to because they needed they needed that move to trade to go through. They needed. Yeah. I just saw somebody go on IR, so now they can call up Martinez. Yeah, they just brought – they just, uh, they just activated it? Martinez. Who went on IR? I didn't see it. I only saw the I can't activation. remember. But, but yeah, like Vegas had a really bad deadline considering they're in a free free fall, although they've won a couple now. Um, they were in a free fall. Like they're they're in a tough spot in the standings. And like it's Dallas tough. has got Dallas has got three games in hand on them. Yeah, like they're they're in a really tough spot. They needed that money out the books. I also like first of all, I don't think it's like Ottawa's fault. Like you should know if a guy has a no move clause, right? Like that, that's what should be on you. Yeah. Cause he, he signed in Ottawa and that would have been publicized if he had a no move. Clause. Well, it was on cap friendly, right? Even when he's on Vegas, it's on cap friendly. He's got a new move. It, I don't think it's that hard to just call up Evgeny Dadnov's agent. And when you know, you're trying to trade him and be like, Hey, does he still have a no move clause? It's not that tough. It's a five second conversation, right? Over, but I guess not. Um, and somehow, yeah, let's drag Ottawa in it, right? Like, yeah, why not? Let's make it their fault. They're not doing much. Um, so that's like that's a huge loss, I think, for for Vegas. Yeah, I, I think you know if you're you're looking Embar- at it, like just embarrassing too. Like, it, if 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 I'm Vegas, I am like flattered, embarrassed because it does not look like I'm making the playoffs this year, and I have some really really good, really good players. Let's not forget curious i i don't want to say anything stupid although i 
often do. How many games has Max Pacioretty played, like, since he's been a Golden Knight? Uh, I think I'm think he's missed a game. Like, like you've got all these players that just keep getting injured, and Pacioretty, we kind of knew. Yeah, it's it, they're, uh, it's so weird for them. But, yeah, to me, like, uh, that to me is – and also, like, just right – like, why did they trade for Evgeny Dadnov? Yeah. That that is a head scratcher. Evgeny Dadnov was not on a good contract because Ottawa needed to reach the floor. And they also just need to bring some like Ottawa. Like if you want to bring in players, you need to pay a little extra to Ottawa, right? And then Vegas is like, oh, we'll take that. You know, we need to spend as much money as humanly possible, right? And it, to me, it's just an inefficient move to bring in Evgeny Dadnov, right? when you have all these other guys making as much as they are. So I think just the bringing them in was a bad move and then trying to send them to a team you can't send them to is also just terrible. I, I completely agree. Um, so that one, that one was just awful all around uh, for everyone really. And, and like, and like, how does the NHL not know this either? Cause they approved the trade at first. Exactly. And like, how does no one know? How, how does, how does no the, one know? It's the NHL's job. Like, Every single player contract is sent to the NHL, and the NHL has either a folder. A, I, I, I assume it's electronic, but I would, uh, I would assume they have a a paper backup. Yeah, that I can guarantee you, they have a filing cabinet for every single like contract, active contract in the NHL. Yeah, like the only way it looks bad on them is they'd asked Vegas if he like still had his no move and Vegas lied and was like, no, no, he waived it. It's good. Yeah. That's the only way if they were just like, or they like they were under the impression that he had, even though he hadn't. Like I wonder actually, like, could could Vegas have known and just kind of like tried to just forget about it, knowing that Danov was not gonna agree to the trade? Like just like done it anyways. Yeah, and then and then hoped for the best when they told the the agent and the player, and just hoped that they were just like, oh, fine, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe. Like, not, like not, I don't, I'm, I I don't think that's what happened, but it's a possibility for sure. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, massive loss for Vegas, a team that is in shambles right now. Um, we'll see where they go. We got some fun Panthers games coming up. I'm excited. Can't wait to go to see one live. Finally, um, should be a lot of fun, but I think that does it for this episode. Thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll see you all then. Are back.